Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you Episode 36, Cultivating More Life Than You Destroy Originally published October 7th, 2022 just wanted to commemorate some some important developments in in my journey towards uh, becoming fully independent and and self-reliant self-sufficient on regenerative permaculture yields of uh, regenerative permaculture design food systems and uh and medicine systems and um, and and alcoholic beverage systems so <laughs> and and many other systems but for now the couple of things that are outstanding for me that I'm celebrating uh is uh with with the the changing the of the seasons there's been uh yeah dramatic positive growth I've been able to restart all kinds of uh, all kinds of seedlings and uh, seeds that I was afraid maybe got baked <laughs> during the summer. They made it. They're alive. They're 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 happy. Um, they survived, and now they're sprouting up. And so um, I'm thrilled about that. And I'm just gonna spoil them, and um, and just be extremely grateful that I survived and that they, uh, some of them lived through the summer, uh, and some of them I'm replanting, but, but the, the full glory that I had to, that I had to, uh, miss, that I missed, uh, greatly over the last several months, it's coming back. And yeah, within a few days, you, you see it just all booming again. And, uh, that's really good for the soul. Uh, as well as the palate and and everything nutritional as well. And one of the most profound observations in that process is the uh, the astounding rapid regrowth of the beautiful heart shaped edible uh, leafy greens of the sweet potato plants. And they died off they they died back in the in the the winter with the killing frost and uh but they they thrived throughout the summer although i hesitated to i everything including myself was just kind of on a on a very um low water budget kind of kind of program um just to just to stretch the reserves for for some interesting survival reasons that I described in depth in the past, but um, next summer it's going to be the opposite. Next summer it's going to be, <laughs> I mean, 
the optimal, ideal, logical, sensible thing to do would have been for me to have um, doubled or tripled the amount of water storage I had on site if I was going to, but it, but it became, I guess I should explain, it became almost a matter of financial and uh, and and medical life or death that I that I just work with what I had, uh, which really meant making sure I got plenty of water and uh, not not cutting corners on that, but but being willing to cut back on the water budget for for the plantings and um, and really just keep really kind of play with that edge of what is the what is the minimal amount of um, of phytonutrients that I can grow during the baking summer and and feel okay without supplementing vitamins and uh, of course I had all kinds of other nuts and seeds and dried fruit um, and fish canned fish as well so unless I had a medical or nutritional anthropologist or some someone out here studying my <laughs> studying my little culture of one um, I wouldn't be able to know exactly how that all works out unless I became one myself but in my own anecdotal studies I know that I can get by on this sort of um, skeleton crew of, of edible perennials um, but that ideally optimally I will be growing them many times that amount even throughout all the seasons and just bringing in more water for the summer and and harvesting as much as I can and, and storing it, drying it, fermenting it and whatnot and letting whatever whatever is hardy through the winter to continue to produce. But uh but yeah, I would say that If, if 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 I could go back in time three months, knowing then what I know now, I would have, I would have, um, at at a better time in the markets, I would have I would have uh, allocated more funds to get more tankage. I would have filled that up, and I would have had m- multiples of the uh, maybe even orders of magnitude, the the, the amount of water. So that I, so that I would have been able to actually get a lot more production. But turns out, it was a worthwhile experience of austerity because I know that if I was cut off and didn't have that option, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't sort of a trade-off that I chose to make voluntarily, um, then a very minimalistic assemblage of um, stored food and 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 plants that are going to survive the summer on on minimal i mean that the ideally <laughs> the ultimate permaculture ideal would be zero irrigation and there's people who are proficient at installing those systems and sometimes they take some irrigation to get started but it's also a next level sort of um qualification to be able to survive off whatever you're harvesting foraging that you established in your ecosystem that you designed and where it's actually adapted and would grow naturally where you're at i just happen to be in one of the most inhospitable devegetated barren 
barren desert landscapes probably yeah ranking ranking high in the world of 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 very desolate uh desert landscapes however there is a lot of wildlife and they figure out how to make ends meet on very us in very austere settings so so i got to kind of be on that on that path however (laughs) from from now on i will um i will over budget uh or or i will i will increase the budget so i have an abundance of of extra water over the summer because again yeah my from experience and from book knowledge and just intuitive obvious (laughs) it's if it's the 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 watering needs are going to go up um but also in these drought conditions i mean i'm not in a situation where i mean i did the math i'm using like less than a gallon and a half of water a day between me and my my crops and um that's pretty pretty fucking eco warrior if you want to compare that to the national average of uh average household per individual of gallons of water per day used and uh you know there's some sacrifices in that in that path um but uh but if i know i can get by like that then anything on top of that is a bonus and that's great so yeah now with the temperatures mellowing out slightly even though it was 110 today (laughs) but at least it gets down at night finally again to where i can sleep and i really realize that 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 delicate balance it's like i can endure those high day high daytime temperatures as long as i can deeply sleep sleep well and have a crisp cool morning to get some physical work done on the landscape and uh and then when it gets to be you know the hotter temperatures later in the day it it really doesn't bother me physically or psychologically as much it is you know it gets kind of sticky and nasty but but it is so much better now and uh and so i'm doing better the plants are doing better and this ridiculous absurd regrowth of the uh of the sweet potatoes the greens um yeah like i cut them i'll cut down multiple or i'll clip off multiple handfuls of leaves and then with the within a couple few days the ones that i left because all the energy can go to them to grow then they they replace what i had taken and i just i've just never i haven't seen a rate of regrowth that that profound um or I, I rarely do I see a, a rate of growth that that profound, and it's definitely because they're happy, and because I'm watering more, because the water stretches a little longer, and I'm and they're getting the benefit that I'm replanting everything around them. So during this stage of rebooting all of these new plants, the the perennials that have been surviving in austere conditions, you know and still were producing plenty plenty for me i did not uh run out i didn't i didn't deplete my supply at all um i i made i made it through and i talked about before you know what 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 plants 
I was able to um, nurture throughout through that summer on a, on a in an austere um, budget of water. But um, yeah, they're stoked. I'm stoked, <laughs> and the more I can gather and harvest in the next couple few months before the next frost that's just where it starts to get into this economic situation where you're worried about having enough secure storage capacity for all the abundance and then you're looking at scaling into the future and having so much um, security food security to look forward to and to enjoy so yeah I'm, I'm i'm thrilled to be back in that mode and um and i will throw this shout out to uh this paradigm shift that i have taken with um with my cycles of homebrew honey wine aka mead and um, did some experimentation with raisins and see if, <laughs> and, and because raisins are a staple in my sort of homemade um, uh, trail bulk trail mix I get bulk quantities of, of seeds nuts and, and dried fruit and it's raisins are the, the dry fruit of choice because of their price point and uh, lo and behold uh, they they will rehydrate it's not exactly the same product you know as 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 a, a a fresh squeezed grape wine product however you know blind taste test i wouldn't be able to tell the difference i'm not a wine snob <laughs> but uh but i'm thrilled to know that i can actually evolve beyond the the, the purchasing of of honey although i like it for as a medical backup uh i like it well i like it for a lot of reasons i mean i love the experience of it but i don't apply it to anything other than turn the sugars into into mead and uh, if i had to use it to cover a wound i would um but but it's far more expensive until i have and it could be however many <laughs> who knows how long it'll be before i have my own honey going out here but if I can take that line item off of the things I go and buy and have to keep a, a maintained stock of from the outside world, and I can cut that cost in half and just have less uh, less things to worry about, raisins go into my trail mix. Raisins can also be a percentage of them diverted to go into the winemaking cycle and um yeah i'm not an alky uh <laughs> i just i just like to have that in my life um for celebrate for for celebrations and uh i do not uh do it at all in excess i do not use it in excess i don't abuse it but it's a beautiful friend to have in moderation and certainly all the sweeter when it's something that you make yourself and even more so if it's something where you actually did grow all the ingredients which is the end goal but for now i'm one step closer to that goal in that insofar as i made a paradigm shift to where i was out of habit just cutting open a new packet of yeast 
for every gallon-ish batch of uh, of wine that was made. And so obviously, I mean, it was a low-cost a low-cost um, item, but something in me just says, I feel that this is not sustainable in the sense that I'm not free from the system that packages this and that maintains the you know, the mother's supply of this. And, and, and I really want to, that's just another tentacle that I want to remove from my neck of, of sovereignty and freedom and autonomy with everything I put in my body and everything that I enjoy. And so I, I said, you know what, I gotta, I gotta be patient with this. I gotta give it a little bit more attention. And I just gotta, I gotta get into the right groove to where just like just like my other fermenting with the lacto fermenting wild fermenting um it's like maintaining of starter base and continually cycling and keeping keeping that population alive where as opposed to brewing a batch and letting it letting it brew and ferment until until everything's dead and there's a sediment at the bottom and you can filter that out or not. I don't bother. I, I'll drink it when it gets down to the bottom. It doesn't bother me. But but I would just tend to just let it die. And now I have gotten into a groove, as I hoped I would, to where I don't know how many batches I'm into now. But, but I have broken free of that cycle of using a new a new packet of yeast for every batch and now it's a continual perpetual motion regenerative ongoing batch and uh it's a beautiful experience a beautiful um degree of freedom dimension of freedom and also a dimension of responsibility and care for for life because now i'm responsible to keep an eye on it more to to maintain the health and it's just something to interact with and observe and engage with that adds richness and value to daily life and just another thing to to tend to and to care for and uh and to have that much more intimacy with and that much more value from enjoying uh when it's when it's as i cycle through it and um and it's just all about also at the same time i'm studying like uh mit courses and watching computational mathematics algorithms be worked out where they take real world situations one of the quintessential examples is this is this example of how 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 you would basically juggle these different different water containers so that you end up with this exact amount in each container and it's just this very it's this mind-bending brain teaser of how you arrive there and um some people some the people who have high IQs are able to like just magically intuit and know the exact formula for how how you would achieve this end result that seems at first glance it seems almost impossible and you would most people would give up before they figured it out but it's just one little out of the box thinking thing that you have to factor in that gives you the ability to achieve that result but they use that example and they they played it out practically for the class and then they use that and they said this is basically an example of of how we want to set up your thinking for how you're going to establish 
just the the the, the logic of mathematical com- computational algorithms like how are you gonna how can you now express what you just observed and just participated in arriving at how do you model all of these factors and put them into this sort of mathematical notation into into a way that it, that it can be a statement can be made and that can be proven that you have exhausted all potential edge cases of of your theory not being correct or whatever it's just very interesting so now i feel like wow you know i didn't i can't i cannot say that i that i was following every single step of that process as it unfolded for me watching that mit course video series but but i do feel some to some degree by osmosis i can appreciate that um well if there well where there's a will there's a way and once you sort of get into a habit or get when it becomes fun to figure that kind of stuff out then you kind of start to think like what am i what am i settling for in in life computationally speaking and for me i was settling for a very non-regenerative habit of brewing my own wine and now you know it wasn't as complex as what they did but i but but having been intrigued by that process i thought to myself i bet if i modify the size of the containers that i'm using then it will just sort of in an elegant way it will just basically ensure that there is a flow from one stage to the next and and maintain the sort of um the optimal um the optimal flow to keep those those yeast alive keep that yeast alive and always having something fresh to consume so they don't die out and then yeah that's what that so now there's like a multi-stage process all just using different size jars there's maybe three yeah three jars that are involved and it doesn't feel more cumbersome what was a a single set it and forget it operation but that required continual input that I wasn't thrilled about now it's a little bit more magical a little bit more alchemical a little more alive and now I've got just more life to enjoy and to and again to maintain and to sustain and it feels like um yeah I mean if you want to call it spiritual woo woo feng shui or whatever like I've heard people who are kind of armchair feng shui people will be like yeah you shouldn't you should always you know prune off and and get rid of all the dying all anything that's visibly dead or dying in your your house plants or whatever because it's bad feng shui for there to be symbols of death everywhere and of course if you're a permaculture designer you you know you uh <laughs> you freak out hearing that because because it's important to acknowledge the the order within the chaos of of uh, of of succession within a within a forest ecosystem or within any ecosystem, and so the idea of for aesthetic reasons altering a natural flow uh, 
without a without a, a a purpose that's in alignment with with creating the conditions conducive to more life then then that's a little bit absurd but i will say like in this circumstance that's the idea adding to life is is always good if it's healthy you're not adding pathogens but whereas i had this fast burst of life in my in my wine fermentation that would just as fast die out and then sit there dead and be and be not as enjoyable or as interesting to to care for and, and certainly not as, as zesty to drink uh yeah i don't mind a little bit of it's a, it's a, it's like a little bit sweeter and it's a little and it is a little more fizzy and but yet it's still it's still potent it's not like it's not it's not like it's uh hasn't fermented enough i'm just keeping it at the, just finding out what that sweet spot is and i can always i can always adjust but um but it's kind of fun to think yeah from that feng shui sense <laughs> what what once was dead in my environment is now perpetually alive and when i consume it i'm consuming a small a small percentage of that life in addition to the desired effect of uh of an alcoholic beverage and so good on me and uh <laughs> i hope you find the little things in life the little lives in life as rewarding as i do in that sort of bob ross kind of way certainly given the state of the world definitely no never better time than now to smell the flowers as it were and live every day like it's your last and and um and just know that no matter what by i know that no matter what me living the way that i do means that the the forces of evil are are at least not operating at maximum to their maximum extent where i dwell <laughs> so i take one unit of dominion off of the out of their empire to be in alignment with the earth and um and and to regenerate life and to leave the world green leave the part of the world that I care for greener than than when I found it and um a lot of things beyond my sphere of control so it's very meaningful to find agency in these and care and purpose in an ecosystem that I'm a part of and now quite literally you're hearing my voice that is the voice of the energy and the nutrients and the 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 rainwater and the sunlight of this place not 100% but ever more every day 
And so I think about that, eating what comes from the, the garden, that that this last batch was pretty much all rain-fed. I mean, it was all irrigated with, with uh, captured rainwater. And that's just... Those are the things I'm measuring in my self-worth, in my self-esteem. Those are the dimensions of freedom and empowerment and and wealth that I'm measuring myself against. It's not <laughs> it's not social media. It's not what's in the bank account. This is to me what really counts. And this Yeah, the mission that I'm on now more than ever because it has been so successful for me at the most humble and micro scale is the mission of establishing epic, permanent water features on this landscape because I now am a living, breathing embodiment of the success of greening the desert. as a way of life. Cheers. Because I'm training for you We got a love 